Thank you, Stan and Phil and Wilma. A beautiful song with a beautiful message, and it goes along with our scripture tonight as we continue our look at the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. So if you'll turn to Galatians 5, we began last week by looking at the first of the characteristics that are described here as the fruit of the Spirit. And remember that as we talked about, all of these characteristics are for all Christians. It's not a pick-and-choose thing. It's not like spiritual gifts, where some people have certain gifts but not others. This is described in the singular, the fruit of the Spirit. And the Spirit of God is at work to produce all of these in all of us. Now, as we grow in our faith, we're at different points, aren't we? Uh, we may be stronger in one aspect of this than we are in others. The, the Spirit may have produced more fruit of these various characteristics, certain ones in us at this point in time, than he has others. But that doesn't mean that we decide, well, patience is just not for me, or joy is not for me, or love is not my thing. No, this is what the Spirit is at work to try to produce in all of us. And so it's our job to cooperate with him and to let him control us. And if he is in control in each and every situation, these are the things that will come out of us we will become Christ-like. And what's really described here is a Christ-like spirit. And so as we look at these things, just remember, each one of these is for you. It's for me. And the Spirit of God is trying to produce these in us. So look at Galatians 5. And as we read last week, before he lists the fruit of the Spirit, he listed the opposite, the things of this world. But in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also Walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. And as we walk in the Spirit, as the Spirit controls our living, this is what He will produce. Tonight we think about joy. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. We live in a world that is full of Darkness, despair, disillusionment, grief. And God is offering something far better. He offers joy. In the midst of all of those experiences of life, there can be a sense of joy, an inner joy, that can help us to rise above even the worst of experiences to know that there's still hope and that God is still in control. And that there is still goodness and that he has a plan for our lives. Every human heart hungers for joy. 
People are seeking for happiness. And sometimes happiness and joy are talked about as if they're the same thing. It's really not the case. The Bible never says that God is going to always make you happy. But you can have joy even when you're not happy. Happiness results from things that happen in one's life or to the people, the, the, the individuals that you love. Many people seek happiness by acquiring cash, by experiencing pleasurable emotions, by seeking gratification or places or positions. They think that those things bring happiness, and they can bring a sense of fleeting happiness and emotion. But what God is producing in us is beyond happiness. He produces joy. And Jesus Christ is the one who brings joy in us. This is the kind of joy that Corrie ten Boom spoke of, that she could be in a concentration camp, fleas everywhere, leading a Bible study among women, so being, being so brutally treated. But in the middle of that Bible study, with those hearts gathered around, she described it as a place of joy. There was joy. Because even in the midst of all of that suffering, they knew that God was with them. And they knew that Jesus loved them. And so rising above their circumstances was this inner sense of joy that only the Holy Spirit can produce. And so this is the difference between happiness and this incredible joy that only God can give us. God wants us to experience joy. The Lord Jesus repeatedly spoke of joy. He experienced fullness of joy, and he described his disciples as being full of joy as well. In John 15 and in John 17, we find Jesus talking about joy. And repeatedly in the book of Acts, it, it, uh, it mentions the joy of the disciples, the followers of Jesus. They rejoiced because God was at work, God's mighty work within them and around them. They, they had joy because of what God was doing. When they saw people who were being saved, when they saw churches being established, when they saw people growing in their faith, it describes them as rejoicing. Even in the midst of persecution, remember Paul and Silas in jail? What were they doing after they'd been beaten? They were in jail. They were in chains. They were singing, weren't they? Because their hearts were filled with this joy of knowing the Lord and knowing they were doing what the Lord wanted them to do. Even in the midst of their suffering, that's what the Holy Spirit can produce. As we've seen in Philippians, Paul encouraged the church there to rejoice in the Lord. He repeated this word of encouragement in Philippians 4 that we're going to see later on. In our series on Sunday mornings, Philippians 4, verses 1 and 4. He spoke of those disciples in Philippi as being my joy and my crown. 
And so again and again, we find this, this theme of joy flowing through the life of Jesus and the early church, and it should be flowing through us too. As Christians, we have this abiding joy of knowing Jesus and knowing that we belong to him. The source of this joy that was spoken of throughout the New Testament, including John, who said his purpose for writing the, the epistle of 1 John was to add to their joy. That source of joy is the heart of Jesus himself. And so really it's the joy of Christ living in us and flowing through us. As one commentator said, almost without exception, the poets and the painters that have pictured the sadness the grief, the agony of the passion of Jesus as he suffered for the sins of the world. Many of the great artistic masterpieces picture the crown of thorns and the agony of Christ. In many Catholic churches around the world, one can see the image of Christ with a crown of thorns around his brow or around his heart and a sad, melancholy look on his face. You've seen those pictures, haven't you? Yet the scripture speaks of the fact that the Lord endured the cross because of, look at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, and you'll see why he endured the cross. Hebrews 12, 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy that was set before him. So even when Jesus suffered on the cross. And all that that involved as he led up to that terrible day. He did it because of the joy that was set before him. What was the joy? That he could save us. That he could redeem us from our sin. That he would be able to bring us into relationship with himself. That we could spend eternity with him. And so the life of Jesus was really not a life of agony and suffering. It was a life of joy. Even in the midst of his suffering, there was joy. Because he looked beyond the moment to the goal. And you see... That's the kind of joy the Holy Spirit is trying to produce in us. That whether we are on top of a mountain and everything is going well, or whether we are suffering, even in both places, we are overcome with the joy of knowing that we're under the control of God. We're in the center of His will, and we're on our way to the face-to-face -face presence that he wants us to have. And so, yes, Jesus suffered. A suffering we can't even imagine. But it was for the joy that was set before him. You remember that when you are going through suffering and difficulty. Remember that beyond the suffering is a greater goal. And we're going to reach that goal through the power of God. We are going to do it with joy in our hearts. You see, Jesus was filled with joy. He not only wants us to have joy, Jesus 
was filled with joy. He spoke repeatedly about this joy that he had. But the joy that Jesus had didn't come from owning property or living a life of affluence. When he, when he died on the cross, what did it say? That they gambled for his possessions. The clothing on his back was all he had. And about himself, he said, the son of man, birds of the air have nests, and the foxes have holes, but the son of man doesn't even have a, have a pillow to lay his head on. You see, Jesus, the joy he had was not because of the things of this world. It was not the result of being popular with everybody. Now, he had crowds that followed him, but he had a lot of opposition too, didn't he? A lot of people who hated him. Remember that the next time not everybody likes you. You know, sometimes we just get so controlled by, well, what are other people thinking about me? And uh, some of us, now some, of, some people don't care what other people think about them. But some of us want everybody to like us. We want to make people happy. And if they're not happy, if we know somebody's not happy, we, it just drives us crazy. I fall into that category. Now, I'm a little, as I get older, I'm finding I can be a little more of a curmudgeon than I used to be able to be. Some of you, you never had to practice that. You're just good at it. Phil over here is really good at that. See, he can just, he can just turn, it, turn it on and on. Can't you, Phil? <laughs> and yet, Phil brings joy to everybody. But, you know, you don't have to be controlled by that thing of, well, what does everybody think of me? Jesus wasn't. Jesus was loved by many, but he was also hated by many. And so if you know you're in the center of God's will, you can have joy. Whether everybody agrees with you or not, whether everybody loves you or not, you can have joy because you're where God wants you to be. And Jesus reflected that in his life. He went forward to the goal, which was to save us from our sins. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's what he did. And he had a joy about doing that, even with all of the opposition and all of the difficulty that he experienced. I think there are at least six sources of the joy that Jesus had. First would be knowing his Father, the loving Father. Jesus knew the Father better than anyone, right? Because it says, I and the Father are one. And we have a loving Heavenly Father. And so if you need a reason to have joy, remember that just as Jesus experienced a loving Heavenly Father, so do you. You have a loving Heavenly Father. He always addressed the Father, uh, always addressed God as His Father. Again and again, with one exception, as we looked at leading up to Easter, when he cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The only time he didn't call God Father. In that suffering, when he was bearing the sin, became the sin of all of us and the whole world, he was separated, utterly separated from the Father. And I think that's why he couldn't call him his father at that moment. We are brought back together with the father through the love and the sacrifice of Jesus. And so we can call him father. 
and he is always there for us. He knew the joy of being in harmony with the will of God. Jesus knew he was doing what he came to do. He was doing the will of the Father. If you are in the center of God's will and you know you're where God wants you to be and you're doing what God wants you to do, you can have great joy. There's nothing more joyful than that. And whether that means you're wealthy or poor or whether you're popular or not, whether life is hard or whether it's easy, if you know you're where God wants you to be, you can be filled with joy and doing what God wants you to do. And whether that's a prison cell or whether it is in a place of great public uh, influence, where, whatever the situation Joy comes from being in harmony with the will of God. Jesus had joy because he was a giver. In Acts 20, 35, the scripture tells us what it, that uh, being a giver will bring great joy and great blessing to your life. Don't be a taker. Be a giver. And when you learn how to give, it, it brings tremendous joy. Giving of your time, giving of your resources, giving of yourself to people. That brings tremendous joy. Jesus experienced joy because he trusted the Father. He trusted the Father. The Lord Jesus trusted his Father to the point of becoming flesh, becoming incarnate. He came in human flesh. He was willing to trust his Father to the point of following through on the plan from before the foundation of the world, going to the cross. He was willing to trust his Father. When we are willing to trust God, trust the Father with our lives, that brings great joy. And I would suggest to you that when we don't trust God and we get at odds with God in that way, we're not going to have any joy. When we begin to accuse God of being evil, or not doing the right thing, or failing, when we begin to have that mindset about God, the joy will disappear. The Holy Spirit wants to produce joy in us, and that means we must trust that God is good, and that whatever He desires is best, whether we understand it or not, whether it's our plan or not. We must trust the Father. Jesus perfectly trusted his Father. He experienced the joy of helping others come to the Father. That brought joy to Jesus. He knew that he was bringing people into relationship with his Father. And when we help bring people into relationship with God, it's going to bring joy to us. And so when you serve the Lord through Sunday school, through vacation Bible school, when you share the gospel with, with people, when you live out your Christian life and point people to Jesus, that brings joy because you're, you're doing something beyond yourself. The Holy Spirit will help you to have joy. So what are we saying here? If you just seek out joy you'll probably never find it. But if you let the Holy Spirit control your life and live your life in a way that points people to Jesus and helps people to come into relationship with the Father, that brings joy. 
Uh, joy is one of those, it's one of those things that you, you can't quite get your hands around, but you know it when you have it. And you have it not by seeking it for itself, but by being obedient to God and letting the Holy Spirit control your life. And he will produce joy as you follow him. Jesus lived in the joy of knowing about heaven that awaited. That's what he talked about just before he went to the cross. Remember in John 14, in my father's house. He was trying to help his disciples to look beyond the suffering of the moment to the eternity that awaited. And so he lived in the joy of knowing about heaven and the perfect home that we could all join him there someday. The place that he prepares for us. He promised to come and get us and to take us to where he is. And that's exactly what he's going to do. And so if those are things that brought joy to Jesus, they will also bring joy to us. We can live a life that is filled with joy. When Jesus came into the world, the angels said to the shepherds, what did the angels say? Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Luke 2.10 And then it said, in Matthew 2, 10 and 11, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they fell down and worshiped him. Great joy. So Jesus, when he came into the world, he brought good tidings of great joy. And that joy can reside in us and control us. 1 Peter 1.8 says, Without having seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with unutterable and exalted joy. That's why one translation says it. The fruit of the Spirit, you see, is love, but it's also joy. From beginning to end, the life of Jesus, he brings joy. And in us, he brings eternal joy. And so I, I hope that as you think about the fruit of the Spirit being joy, that you see that uh, Jesus wants you to have joy. He had joy. And he will produce that joy in your life. Just don't think that it comes, though, by saying, okay, today I'm going to have joy. No, no. Let the fruit of the Spirit, let the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, produce that in you. And He produces that in us as we let Him control our lives. Guide us. Teach us. And as we are obedient to Him, this fruit will be produced. As surely as a, an apple tree will produce apples, or a cherry tree produces cherries, a Christian under the control of the Holy Spirit, this will be produced. The problem is many people want the fruit without being the real thing. They don't want to let the Holy Spirit be in control. They don't want to be obedient. They don't want to follow. They don't want to walk in the Spirit. But when we walk in the Spirit, then we will produce, the Spirit will produce this fruit 
in us. Recognize your spiritual birth into the family of God and the gift of God, His Spirit dwelling in you and cooperate with Him as He works to produce this fruit in your life. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, for the joy that was set before you and that led you to be willing to endure all things for us. We thank you that you defeated the power of sin and death and hell because you had the great joy of redeeming us from our sin. Lord, we thank you that in the midst of your suffering, you stayed focused on that joy. And Lord, that brings love and hope and forgiveness into our lives. And we're so thankful that it fills us with the joy of knowing you. Lord, forgive us that many times we focus on things that are not eternal. And we let our eyes be diverted from you. So in this time of invitation, Lord, help us to see that your spirit is trying to produce this wonderful fruit in every one of us. And if there's anything that's in the way of us being obedient to you, letting your spirit be in control, may now in this time of invitation we be willing to confess that to you and to commit ourselves to letting you lead us and guide us that we might walk in the spirit day by day. Thank you for your presence and for how you're going to speak to us now. May we be obedient to you and follow your direction. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand and sing.